Hey, you're listening to the Catalyst Church Podcast, here to incite change through Jesus. Check us out on social media, Catalyst Church NZ. Now, onto this week's message. This is, this is actually a real honour and privilege uh, to be here. And uh, what is very cool about it, apart from the fact that Stuart and I really love these two, uh, is that when we 10 years ago planted our church called Catch the Fire, um, which is now resident in Albany, we planted it here. And I remember our congregation being this size, and I remember the, the faithfulness of the, the pioneers that ran with us in those early days. And so I want to honour you all because you are the pioneers. You are the ones who are digging the ground. You are ploughing the ground with Andy and Bianca. And uh, that is a very special role to to till the ground in an area uh, and in people's lives in order that seeds of truth and the seeds of the kingdom are planted in people that will bear much fruit. The thing about this season of the of the building and the and the ploughing, sorry, not the building, the ploughing, is that it, it, there's a lot of hard work that goes into this season. Isn't that true? Yeah. Uh, but I want to encourage you today that it is worth it. It yeah. is all worth it. I just want to encourage you to repeat after me. It's all worth it. It's, it's it. going to be all worth it because you will see fruit from what from your labour. You will see fruit from your labour. And uh, this, this beginning uh, season of a church is, is so exciting. And I love the um, atmosphere of promise that, um, that comes with that building, that planting stage. So very, very cool. And I bless what God is doing in this place. And I just um, also just want to remember back what Andy was saying about you both coming into the prophetic uh, room. And I remember seeing Bianca through the window. I don't even think you were in. Oh, you were in my my pod, were you? You were coming, and I saw her through the window because we had um, rooms with windows in it, and our meeting rooms. And I was sitting there, and I saw her walk in. I was supposed to be prophesying over this person, all of a sudden, the Lord starts to give me amazing revelation for her that you are a prophet in the making, and uh, there is a trumpet, Bianca, that God is putting to your mouth. Uh, and it is for a generation that desperately needs to hear the true word of the Lord. And, um, you, you know, I, I think I prophesied that back then, but uh, it is still true today. And so, you know, I just want to bless what God has been doing with you in the area of the prophetic and even how you've been faithful uh, to get prophetic people in here to stir the pot and stir the ground uh, um, of, of the atmosphere of the presence of the Lord here to keep that open. And that's, you know... Obviously, we know that church is built on the apostolic and the prophetic, and, and the two of you carry those two mantles, so that's really good. But I'm, I'm going to pray and prophesy over you first before I actually preach. But first of all, where's the lady? Were you the lady that you came up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, Lord, the word of the Lord for your, for your son, is it? Yeah. The Lord says he is a son of thunder. He is a son of thunder. And as Andy had you at the front, the, the, the father says, I've created a son of thunder. And um, when, we, when you think about the sons of thunder, that um, James and John were, were kind of known uh, as disciples and, and, and part of their um, historical thing was that they were known as the sons of thunder. And the reason why is because they were rugged, they were tough. 
and they um, they were able to handle um, the rough and tumble of, of life with great strength and faith. And the Lord is saying today that this son inside your womb will be probably a challenge to raise. But in the kingdom of God, he is going to wreak great, great reward because he is going to plunder the gates of hell in order to bring people into the kingdom of God. And your son is going to be um, a first and foremost devoted to the Lord at a young age. And as he grows, the Lord is going to send angels to, to, to even teach him um, because he's going to be a seer. He's going to have angels to teach him even as a young age. And I can see that in the, in the generation growing up right now, he is going to be a standard bearer uh, for that generation, a standard bearer. In other words, he is going to be one that will stand for righteousness in the midst of darkness, and he's going to plunder the plunder darkness and bring out um, those lost souls. And so I just want to bless your womb right now in Jesus' mighty name, and I declare over you full term and perfect, full term and perfect in Jesus' mighty name. Sorry, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just come right now and move across this room. Holy Spirit, we just partner with you right now for your kingdom to come and your glory to be known in the lives of Catalyst and this church. And Holy Spirit, have your way. Just direct me in whatever which way and, then, and, and just move upon us all in, in, this, in your mighty way. Andy and Bianca, is this being recorded? Okay, <clears throat> one of the angels that has been assigned to this church is an angel of awakening. And he showed me that Catalyst Church, you have a couple of angels, but one specific that is here to support the work of the kingdom through you in order that you fulfill your call as a church. And the, I heard the Lord say this, the atmosphere that this angel brings, oh, I can feel the anointing, is for people to awaken in their hearts to the truth of Jesus Christ and the love of the Father. And one of the hallmarks of Catalyst Church will be a bubble of love, that there is going to be a habitation of the, the Father's love in this place, that as they walk through uh, uh, the the over the over the um, what do you call it the door mantle or whatever the, over the through the door into your gatherings, where no matter where where that actually positionally is physically, they are going to walk into uh, this atmosphere of spiritual awakening and the love of the Father. And I see people arriving into your gatherings with their hearts spiritually coming alive. Like there's just like a, before you've even preached, the Spirit of God is going to move upon them to bring an awakening into their hearts to the truth. And you are being anointed, all of you, to carry the presence of God that will introduce people to who God is in His, in His, in His multifaceted nature and how much He loves them. And I heard the Lord say this to you, Andy and Bianca and the people of Catalyst. I'm calling you into the highways. I'm calling you into the high places of society where you will find the spiritually poor, the poor in spirit and the desperate ones that live behind masks of success and wealth. For I'm calling you to a people that many feel unworthy and awkward to walk amongst but I'm giving you my grace to be amongst them and to love them. 
For I've called you and anointed you already for business, Andy and Bianca, and I've not made you, have I not made you successful in that realm? And this is going to expand. Have I not called you to walk in the ways of your, I have not called you, let me get this right, I have not called you, says the Lord, to walk in the exact ways of your spiritual fathers. But I say to you today, take what they have imparted to you, what I, the Lord, have given you through them and bridge the gap to the realm that they could not reach. For I'm sending you as sons of the house, yes, but to go into a different realm. You are to look to me, says the Lord, for the way ahead, for I'm anointing you to forge, forge through the barriers of wealth, to forge through the barriers of success, and find my lost sheep amongst the thicket of thorns that they are caught in. For I'm giving you permission to break the mold, says the Lord. I am asking you, are you courageous enough to forge a new path? Are you willing to stand in your anointing amongst those who do not understand? To stand in that anointing for the sake of the poor in spirit, that they may find me. And find my love. And then I heard the Lord's encouragement. He took it down a notch. He said, yes, I've commanded my church to look after the poor, physically poor and the widows. But who will go into the pe- to the people who live in the prison of success? I desire all to be saved and reconciled to me. For my love, says the Lord, will flow through the both of you to reach people of high position high success and high levels of wealth. For I am going to position you even on high street as a sign of the call. And I actually saw a premise on, and the street was called high street or high something like a physical place called high street. The Lord's been maturing you and he's been bringing your lives to, to this moment of time. And he's been increasing your authority, guys. And he's, his grace to, is upon you, even increasing to walk in this, new, in this call. His spirit is moving upon you in ways that will mold you into a shape that is not familiar to you at all and may seem unconventional. It's going to seem unconventional to you and to others. And it's okay for the Lord says this, I am giving you ideas to create a safe place for people to come and encounter him and to be fed. For when I said feed my sheep, that meant all my sheep, not just the poor in physical means. And the Lord is showing me uh, this inner wrestle. He showed me this inner wrestle. And I hear the Lord say, even though you have wrestled with doing business and ministry, and your position in business is strategic of the Lord. And at times, straddling both has really felt like the chains of constraint, which has been frustrating. But I heard the word say this, see now you that your positioning in business is a door to future glory. How will you walk through it? And I see that door opening wider, not closing Connections, connections, connections. Your connections to this people group is multiplying and they will surprise you. And the Lord says you have to move through awkwardness and unworthiness and stand and be at peace with who 
I am bringing across your path. Know that I have directed them to you. Feed the sheep of the highways and do not feel awkward or embarrassed about walking with them and being their spiritual leader. I am breaking you out of tall poppy constraint spirit and causing you to stand tall amongst them, knowing that you are called and anointed for those people. And in the spirit, I heard the word, the words of naysayers screaming out, what about the poor and questioning your motives? And the father, father uh, came and answered this with a shout. And he said, these are the poor in spirit that I love. And I'm calling them home. Catalyst, Andy and Bianca, you will carry with you the power of awakening, awakening to Christ wherever you are. And the Lord is saying that he's about to equip you with some tools. He's giving you blueprints and plans. And he's moving upon you with fresh, fresh insight, wisdom and understanding for the path ahead. And so I am blessing you all today, Catalyst Church, Andy and Bianca, fling wide the doors, fling wide the windows of your heart, fling wide the doors of your mind and receive wider wisdom. The wisdom of the Lord, wisdom and understanding. For you're about to experience a spiritual awakening here, yes, but you will also carry the anointing of spiritual awakening by my spirit wherever you go. And the anointing of this house will be carried outside of Sundays for I'm causing it to be transportable upon you. Amen. God has great things for this congregation, this church, this ministry. And I'd kind of feel more comfortable talking about it as a ministry because it's going to look really different. And when the Lord downloaded that, I went, oh, my gosh. Okay. New mindset, new understanding of his ways. You know, and I just think that you guys are positioned to break the mold. So the Lord can unpack that with you a little bit further. So Catalyst Church, I would like you to turn to um, Luke 15 and have that held open yeah, we're going to be um, talking about the parable of the father and the two sons today. I just want to unpack that, and I've completely lost time already. Okay. So, everybody, your maturity in God starts with the spiritual awakening of the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And so our maturity start our, our maturity into the fullness of who we are in Christ has to start with belief in Christ. And this is obvious, isn't it? And Jesus is our door to relationship with the full Trinity. So we know that God is three in one. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Andy uh, was praying to Holy Spirit today to move. And so Holy Spirit is the one uh, that has been given to us by Christ when he ascended into heaven. He sent the, uh, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to us to be our, uh, our presence of God here on earth um, and to be with us, to teach us and to walk with us, to empower us and give us gifts and, and, and help us to be successful in the things of the Spirit and in our faith, right? We all know this. So Jesus is the door 
to our relationship with Father God. So if we don't walk through the door of Christ, we'll never be reconciled to the Father. And John 10 says this, I am the door. Uh, Jesus is speaking, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, yes, and will go into out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and life abundantly. So Jesus is saying, I am the door to eternal life. I'm the door to have life and life abundantly. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the way, I am the truth, and nobody can come to the Father but through me. And we're like, wow, well, that's great. So we often go, yeah, I'm going to accept Jesus into my life and I've made him Lord of my life and that's the beginning of it all. Um, but we, we, we sometimes forget that he is not the destination. He is the beginning of our relationship with the Trinity. And so um, in John 14, further down in verse 23, it says this, Jesus said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him. And we, 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 the both Jesus and the Father, we will come unto him and make our abode with him. In other words, if we accept Christ, Christ reconciles us to the Father. The Father and Christ will come into us, upon us, around us, and make his habitation with us. Wow. Come on. Wow. It is amazing. Then we get the icing on the cake. We have Holy Spirit who pours out his anointing on us. So not only do we have the Father and Christ as our constant habitation, we also have the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Nobody can really live a successful, whatever success actually looks like in the kingdom, that's debatable, but no one can actually live a triumphant overcoming life without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the umpha, gives us the chutzpah and gives us the grunt and the power to overcome sin. We are a Trinitarian Christian people. We believe in the three in one. We believe in the Father that's, and oh, Augustine actually says this. He says, Augustine, uh, many years ago, obviously de- uh, centuries ago, said this, the Father is the lover. Jesus is the beloved. And in oneness with Christ, we then become the beloved. And the Holy Spirit is the love that flows in between. Isn't that a beautiful picture? The Trinity is one of love. Our inheritance, our inheritance in the kingdom of God is is, is that we can commune in the midst of that relationship. Because of our oneness with Christ. When you you got saved, you, you, you made him Lord of your life, and he came to live inside of you, and then we get water baptized, and, and, and um, that's just a sign of what has happened, that we have died with Christ, went down into the grave with him, and are resurrected into 
eternal life. That's just the, that's the outward sign of what goes on on the inside. And when we're resurrected with Christ, with his resurrection power, we are fused together with Christ, never to be separated again. And there is this oneness with him that we are one with him spiritually. And that, that then opens a door in the kingdom of God to everything that we need. It is phenomenal. The gospel is phenomenal. So why am I talking about this? We're not looking for a visitation, but we're looking for habitation. We don't just come here on a Sunday to get filled up, although we come here on Sunday to get filled up. Right? There's nothing like being in the room. The Holy Spirit in you and the Holy Spirit in me makes a whole lot more Holy Spirit than me at home. So coming here is that we get to experience God in each other and collectively there's a bonfire going on in here in the spirit because you're here. And if you're not here, the bonfire's less. That's not to put a guilt trip on you. That's just to give you an understanding spiritually what's happening because our faith is spiritual So there's a spiritual exchange when we come together. Okay, so there's that. But why am I talking about this? Jesus is not our our relational destination. Father God is. So our image of Father has a whole lot to do with our relationship with Father God. So our image of who God, Father God is will either draw us into a relationship with the Father or it might repel us away. You know, when I first got saved, I got saved a few times in my life. First time was when I was seven. I had an encounter and I didn't quite understand it with my mind, but my heart knew what was happening. Then at 13, uh, at a Youth for Christ rally, I gave my heart to the Lord. And then through my rebellious teenage years, Uh, I kind of went wayward, but I always preached to my unsaved uh, friends about Jesus, but I didn't live the life. And then the audible voice of God called me at 19 in my bed and uh, told me that that was enough and that I needed to come back to him. So it was kind of like a three major moments in my life that brought me into the place of really um, uh, full commitment, heart, mind, soul, body, got baptized in... um, in, the, in water and got baptized in the Holy Spirit and then I was just off. And so why am I saying this? Our relationship, My relationship with the Father was non-existent. Why was it non-existent? Because I didn't understand that, that Jesus was the gate. Yeah. I thought he was everything. Number two, my relationship with my natural father really skewed my perception of father, who Father God was. So Jesus and I were cool. It was quite easy to relate to him, but when someone said Father God, the, the image and mental image I had in my mind was that he's way over there on a throne, distant, not interested in me, and unapproachable. And so I didn't have, I didn't even have an expectation of what was available that Scripture says is available to me. And so I, I, I just never really even entertained going anywhere near him or even bothering to have a relationship with Father. But yet there was a hole in my heart 
that so desperately were needed to be filled with love. And I was went to it in all the wrong places. And then I was gracious. It was amazing that the Lord actually put me on a pathway where I began to realize the revelation of the Father's love was absolutely and utterly pivotal to my relationship with the Trinity. And that my that his love for me was way beyond what I could ever hope or imagine. You know, the Father's love for us is that in every moment of every day, you are loved 100%. I mean, there's no more percentage than 100%, but you are simply loved because you're a son and a daughter in the kingdom. You are simply loved because you are his child. His love doesn't change when you have a good day. It doesn't increase when you have do things right. His love is constant. His love is consistent. His love is faithful. His nature is to be faithful. And so on your bad days when things don't go quite so right and you might say something wrong or you, 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 there's some regrets in your life about how things are going or uh, you've made some bad decisions or you've fallen completely off the wagon in any way, shape or form, he doesn't love you any less because his love is consistent and his yeah. love is reliant on his nature, not on your behavior. It is so profound because what that does for us when we fully understand it, that my performance is not going to move God to love me any more than he does right now. So you, wherever you're sitting, whatever's happening in your life right now, you are fully immersed, whether you realize or not, in the love of God. What needs to shift is our awareness of what's already happening. And how do we shift our awareness? You know, sometimes I, you know, I might be might preach a really great sermon, and or might get some people healed, or get some have some accurate prophecy, whatever. And then you get the accolades of man, and uh, it used to beef me up the accolades of man early on, and I used to be able to go home and say to Stu, "Oh man, I just I nailed it today." Man, it was good, and it felt amazing, you know, and I felt amazing because I got, I knew I nailed it, and I and I got the accolades of man. That made me feel so, like, wow, powerful and amazing, and I'm like, I love this ministry stuff. I love it. It makes me feel so great. And then you have a few fails, moments of failure, and uh, you have in ministry or or whatever you're doing, wherever you're getting your 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 accolade from. Something goes wrong, people, you know, criticize you. There's, there's all manner of things that can happen when you're leading a church. And then, of course, the shame comes on you and, and uh, you start to feel like a failure. You start to feel like you're less than, that the Father's disappointed in you. Um, and there's all sorts of manner of things that can happen. And that is all in your head. And there's no truth to it whatsoever. Let's go to Luke 15. I'm going to read from verse 11. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property. I'm reading from the NIV. He divided his property between them. 
Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had and set off for a distant country where he squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. And he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Bottom line, he's desperate. When he came to his senses, I love that, I love that statement. When he came to his senses, <laughs> when he woke up and went, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he took action. He got up and went to his father. Verse 20, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him <laughs> and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. Verse 21. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But, say but, but the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put on a ring, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Verse 24, for this son was of mine. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Verse 25, this is when it gets quite funny. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. And so he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has, has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. In other words, he was pouting. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, <laughs> who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him? And the father says this, my son, my son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and how he is found. Yeah. You know, we have three characters in this story. We have the younger brother who is acting with independence and pride 
and selfishness and runs off, does his thing. We have the older brother uh, who is got a religious spirit. He's done everything right. He's, he's done everything right. He's ticked it all off. Um, he lives at home still. He oversees all of the, the farm. And he, yet his heart feels like a slave. So we've got one brother that's realized, woken up one day and realized what an idiot he is, and he feels like an orphan because he's coming back to the father going, oh, if I could just come back as a slave status, at least I'll get a meal. He's lost his awareness of his relationship with the father. And the, and the older brother is so full of righteousness and pride, he's actually lost his awareness of his relationship with father. And then we have the father. And the father, the, fa- the father says to the younger brother, well, it says in verse 20, it says, the father, full of compassion. Do you realize that your heavenly father is compassionate, slow to anger with us? He's not this, this distant guy over here sitting on a throne that is unapproachable and disinterested in your life, who was sitting there as a judge saying, you know, and then there's Jesus that's, that's blocking the father's anger. And that's the view I used to have. You know, Jesus would protect me from the anger of the Father. No, no. Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father, but yet sometimes we view God as angry. We view God, Father God as, as, as judgmental. We view him as somebody to be feared in a negative sense, not feared as an awe and love. And, and the younger brother uh, came, I, if, if I could just be a... To, to establish myself or re-establish myself and at the slave level, at least I would have a meal. He lost his awareness of his sonship and the father full of compassion. He is a God that never rejects us. He is waiting for us to turn to him and go, Father, Father. He's waiting for us to turn and, 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 and come to our senses of our state of our own hearts and go, Father, Father, I need you. And I'm not talking about people who aren't, aren't in the kingdom. I'm talking about sons of the house. We can be in the house, we can be in the kingdom, and yet our heart is distant from our relationship with Father because our awareness of our position is flawed. He lovingly awaits our coming to him with arms wide open, arms wide open. Somebody wrote a song about that. Longing, he is longing to receive and restore us without hesitation. There was no hesitation. There was nothing in the Father that went, yes, son, you did mess up. And yes, you have squandered everything that I've given you. But, you know, I do love you, so come on in. Which probably would have been my, my reaction. He's just like, arms wide open. 
threw the robe over him, which basically covers his shame. You know, love covers. And in that moment, that robe is the symbolic thing of I'm covering your shame. And then he puts a ring on the finger, in which is symbolic of I am giving you back status and position in the family. The ring is the, is the, is the seal of authority. I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter what you've done, I'm restoring you back to who you are in this family. Without hesitation, he embraced him, he kissed him, it must have smelt terrible. But the father is a safe place to run no matter what you smell like. The Father is the safe place for you, not this distant person over here. And then the Father celebrates everyone who comes is reconciled back to him. Yes, the, obviously the gospel of the salvation is that we are reconciled, and yes, this can apply to ones that um, are not yet believers, but I'm talking about even within the kingdom, you can have a heart that is distant, because of your perception of who you are and the perception of who he is, is flawed. So let's look at the older brother. You know, <clears throat> he has the ring sitting on his finger. He has command over the whole farm. And, and he has a fattened calf at his disposable every single day. And at any moment he could say to the servants, go and kill that calf, let's roast it up, let's have a great feast, because we are because we, because we can celebrate, because we just can, because we have the provision to be able to celebrate. He, he was the, the, the father really confronts the older brother and he says, he confronts the unbelief in his, in, in the older brother. He says, son, what are you, in other words, this is my paraphrase, what are you going on about? You're with me all the time. So why don't you feel like you're with me? What's stopping you feeling like you're a son? I've been slaving all these years. Why do you feel like a slave in the kingdom? It's our wrong perception of who we are. It's our wrong perception of the goodness of the nature of the Father. Our Father loves us. He is compassionate and kind. And he's, your performance has got nothing to do with your experience of him as Father. Yet in our own lives, maybe we've had an authoritarian father where you have to get it all right all the time in order to be praised. Maybe for me, is the absence of the absent father. He was there physically, but emotionally and uh, mentally and communicatively, he was not there at all. So I just had grew up with an expectation that fathers didn't want to communicate with me. My perception projected that on God. So for years I missed out on that amazing relationship of being able to approach Father, arms wide open, safe place, place of nurture, place of belonging. See, because the Father gives you the sense of belonging. And as humans, we have a need to belong. It is a, a human need that we feel that we belong somewhere. Wow. And the Father settles that in our hearts. And the father with the older brother, um, you know, you're always with me. You've been reconciled. You're with me always. So what's the problem? Why are you not able to receive my love for you? And you have all authority 
But what's stopping you from accessing that authority? Once again, it is this lifelong journey. And can you, I'm, 50, I'm turning 58 next month, okay? I have been in this journey for a long time, and yet still I realise, oh, yep, I've got a wrong perception of father in this situation. It's a lifelong journey of discovering the enormous, incredible nature of who God is. And just when you had a, have an amazing revelation and you think you've made it, and you're like, oh, yeah, I've totally got this sorted, then something will happen. You're like, yeah, not quite. Because even the angels that are before the throne go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He was and is and is to come. And they lift their gaze and they go, oh, holy, 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 holy. And they've been doing that for eternity. So who do we think that, uh, who do think, who do we think we are getting to the depths of God's nature? It's just amazing. Anyway, so this is the joy of being in the kingdom. You get to discover who God is all your life. My, my encouragement to you today coming to land this plane is to open your heart to have a, re, a fresh revelation wow. of how much you are loved and how good God is. His love fills our human need to belong. His love secures our spiritual identity as sons and daughters. His love and approval. He approves of you already. You don't need to strive for approval. Oh, if I just prophesy one more time, I'll get more of God's approval. No. Whether you take a nap or raise the dead, God's love for you is the same. We don't, we don't operate in the kingdom and, you know, um, share the gospel and prophesy and heal the sick and preach and do all the other, um, you know, work in the gifts of the Spirit to get love. We give all those things to others because we know that we are loved. And somewhere there's a sign saying, uh, you can change a life this week. If you, if you walk through your week knowing, sitting in the position of, I am communing with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I am part of this Trinitarian love that's flowing. I am already loved. I already belong. I have a safe place. I can lean back and just know that I'm already approved. Then there's an overflow of the Spirit of God through your life that can reach other people and change them. His love heals our fatherlessness. None of us have had perfect fathers. Even good fathers are fantastic, but they're nothing in comparison to receiving the love of, of our heavenly father. His love and approval settles our insecurities and fear. Love casts out fear. Everywhere we fear, we haven't experienced love yet. Fear is a doorway to experiencing God's love. It is not a roadblock to stop you from doing what you're meant to be doing. His love provides a safe place when we feel rejected. Just because you're a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't mean to say you're not going to experience pain. Yeah. 
and rejection. All you need to do is walk out the door and you bump up against other human beings that are struggling with their issues. So there's a guarantee that at some point you are going to feel rejected, an outlier and not wanted. But there's one person that you can run to in those moments and that's Father God because he will always have open arms to you. He will always uh, bring his peace into your hearts to reassure you that he is in control. So let's stand in closing. So I invite you to close your eyes and just listen to my voice, read out the scripture. Psalm 147.11 says this, The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. The Lord delights. You are his delight. He delights in you when you put your unfailing hope in his unfailing love. When you put your hope and trust in his love, he delights in you. And there are other scriptures that say that we are his delight. And that is a father who looks upon you, not in your weakness or look, doesn't look upon you and first see what's not yet you've perfected. He looks upon you and sees your true nature and identity in him. And he wants to pour out his love today wherever you need it. You might have some areas of your a perception and understanding of God that is aligned with who he is, but there might be others, other areas is he, is he a financial dad? Is he a, is he a dad that will give us generously, give to us generously and provide financially? Or do you have doubt in that area? Where have we slid in our understanding of who we are and our understanding of who he is? Where have we slid off? into unbelief or something else that's unhelpful. Sometimes we can just slide from the centrality of acceptance, total acceptance in him. Maybe we can slide off the, the place of knowing that we, are, that we belong. Maybe we've, we can sort of slide off into the ditch and, and start to believe that we're not doing enough or we're not good enough. Well, if I do things more perfectly, then I'll gain more favor. This is not the gospel of the kingdom of God. So in, in the mighty name of Jesus, I now shift you right now, wherever you're at, I shift you back into, that, into the place of the center of his heart. I shift you back into knowing that God Almighty, who created the heavens and the earth, is also the God who walks with you day by day. He is your safe place. He is the place of comfort 
peace and reassurance. He is the place of provision for all things. And he loves you. He loves you. So Holy Spirit, move right now. Bring us back into that a fresh revelation of how much we are loved and that we were chosen before he even created everything. He chose you. He chose you. He plucked you out of his spirit and he breathed upon you and he chose you to be born at this time in history. First and foremost, because he wants relationship with you. You're chosen. Whether you were chosen for the sports team or chosen for that last job that you applied for, that's irrelevant. You are fundamentally chosen as a, as a person by God Almighty to be born right now, to be in relationship, to be reconciled in relationship with him first. Number two, to live out a purpose here, to be part of a piece of a puzzle, a mighty puzzle that has an important role. You are chosen. You are also anointed by the Holy Spirit. You are sent with the power of God Almighty. First and foremost, you are the beloved. You are his beloved. So Holy Spirit, would you move now? Come with the love of the Father and pour into our hearts right now. Pour into our hearts. Find every place that feels like a slave, like an orphan, that feels fatherless, that feels alone and disconnected. Holy Spirit, pour out your love right now. From the top of our heads right down to our toes, would you bring your weight of your presence and love. Find that place in our heart and and replace it with the revelation that you are a loving Heavenly Father who is right here. Father, anything that we believe that's about you that's not true, would you renew our minds, the spirit of our mind? Would you renew the spirit of our mind with truth, goodness, of the goodness in the Faithful, reliable, consistent, unfailing love. I just want to invite you to put your hand on your heart for a minute. Father, would you just move across the room and just put your hand upon their hand. Put your hand upon their hand and just reassure their hearts, Lord, of their daughtership, their sonship, their place of belonging, Lord.